Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Micah chapter 6, pretty famous verses in a pretty little book. Wherewith, verse 6 says, shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? This boisterous cry from this seemingly judgment stand that's being painted, this portrait here, shall I... Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or ten thousands of rivers of oil? If you know anyone that exaggerates, this is. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Micah brings prophetic response to the rhetorical request. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee. And regardless of what any person says in today's culture, the Lord does still require some things of us. He's required of thee. What is good, what is required, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. That's my topic for you today. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Do justly, love mercy. Walk humbly. We've been preaching this month about how do we serve others. Last week, there was a powerful demonstration of God's presence in this room as we talked about washing the feet of Simon Peter and Judas. Washing feet that you know where they are about to walk. How do we treat others when they make us feel poor? Today, in our final on this particular series, I want to preach about this. Doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly. Would you pray with me all over this house? Lord, we love you. Feel your presence in this place. I pray that you would help me. I, I want to do my very best to relay your word. I do want to speak it, preach it in a way that's engaging, that the crowd would not only hear, but that they would stay attuned to the the text and the purpose of our gathering, but more than just this, that we would have some marching orders here today, how we could live out your word. Our greatest goal is to please you, that our families, that our lives would honor you. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. God bless you and you may be seated here today. I have found 
having four children, what played out in my own life, having a couple siblings of my own. When one of the siblings does something as the brother, I wanted justice. <laughs> and every now and then my parents would do what was funny. And they would say, what should the punishment be? Oh, 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 oh. there'll be a firing squad at noon. Unless it was me. And then I did not want my siblings asked. I wanted mercy. I wanted not their justice. I wanted his justice. Justice. Seems amazing. This story plays out in real life when that great man of God, Nathan, walks in to David, <laughs> begins to describe what has happened, the loss that has been provoked, this rich man that did not need, and David is irate until Nathan says, bad news, you're the guy. And most of us, if we would be honest in this room, we have, sat, we have found ourselves and we have sat at times on the giving side of judgment when we ourselves were the ones needing the mercy. It can be easy to point a finger at someone else, but I was taught when I was a child if I'm pointing a finger at you, what is happening? I was always told four fingers are pointing back. Now, I never understood that because my thumb is facing that way too. <laughs> so I always thought it was three. I don't, didn't, okay. I was raised in the country. Maybe they just didn't know we went with it, but. <laughs> but we've got to be careful when we are quick to cast judgment on someone else. I doubt I'm the only one in this room today that would be honest enough to say on a Sunday in February, I deserve some stuff along the way. I got myself into some situations that I'm thankful His grace <laughs> got me out of. We're in this, in this important little book, and forgive me to any theologians in the room that are frustrated when I say little book. It's just not very big. If you want a quick assignment, it's an easy read, but it's packed with some powerful punch. We've got Mr. Micah here, this contemporary of Isaiah that is standing in a critically important time. He's about to talk about destruction and the uh, annihilation here in Israel. What is coming? We've just walked out of our Wednesday series on Jonah. And uh, let me say thank you to the church, your prayers for our 
family in this week of celebration as I buried my grandmother this week and, and performed that funeral. And I thank God for your prayers and your calls and your texts, your emails. And I, I want to thank Pastor Lopez for finishing our series on Wednesday night with Jonah. And, and so we've walked through this up and down of life and the redemptive opportunities and the grace of God, even at times when people don't think they deserve grace. And no one, no one deserves mercy. That's why it's mercy. <laughs> but here we are and, and Micah on the scene and, and, and he starts speaking some destructive, destructive stuff about what is coming in this attack that is going to be occurring. It's, it's coming from the north and you better be ready. But then he gets real personal and he says, it's because you're greedy. Nobody in, in leadership in the kingdom wants Micah to start telling them they're greedy. He says, you don't have any righteous justice. He said, in fact, you're unjust as leaders. And, and he starts to prophesy of destruction. And, and in chapter two, he said, but there's a good shepherd that's gonna come. Little book. But big meaning. In chapter four, he starts prophesying about this rebuilding of a, of, of a Jerusalem, even, even talking to the future forecast of what we would call in the church a new Jerusalem. And in chapter five, he, he really makes his mark in fame because he starts talking about this one coming from Bethlehem. Woo. Anybody who knows who Jesus is turns and looks at Micah and says, whoa, that guy's used by God. Not a lot of people probably wanted to talk about Michael while he is forecasting doom and destruction against unrighteous and unjust leaders until he's able to take that and say, but there is an answer coming. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer did in fact come to this earth. Yeah, he really really did. And I know there's some people still waiting on the answer, but I'm telling you, Micah was right when he said there is one that will be a good shepherd. He's coming out of Bethlehem, out of the lineage of David. Let me just jump to the good part for a minute. His name is Jesus. He really was born. He really did live. He really did die but he really did get back. <laughs> On the third day, he got up out of the grave and I got good news for everybody. He really did send the comforter and that comforter is his spirit and that Holy Ghost is why we walk in here on a Sunday morning and we say, I didn't deserve mercy either, but he covered me in his blood. I didn't deserve it either, but he walked to Calvary and then he filled me. I wonder if we got anybody full of the Holy Ghost. You're just full of the Holy Ghost. When you received it, it came in your spirit and you spoke with other tongues as the I'm gonna take a pause. Where are my tongue talkers on a Sunday morning? Where are the people that still believe when you got filled with the comforter? I 
was on my way to hell, but the blood watched me. I was on my way to damnation, but his justice and his mercy. I've been filled. I've been filled. High five your neighbor, tell him Michael was right. Micah was right. Micah was right. And whether they wanted the answer or not didn't have anything to do with whether or not Micah was right. And whether people want your truth or not. What if people don't believe? What if they do? If Jesus' own disciples were going to have to get the instruction, shake the dust off, move on. We need a little move on to hit us this morning. Move on. Move on. Move on. You've been overwhelmed long. Move on. He didn't pull you out of all that destructive behavior for you to now wallow in. Move on. They left 10 years ago. Boy, I feel something in the spirit. I feel like preaching right now. They walked out on you a decade ago. They passed away years ago. That's not the will of God for you to be so overwhelmed and let that destructive thought. It's a pattern. Move. I need somebody in the room to hear me. I'm doing a little work right now. I'm working right now. You need to hear me. Jesus Christ came so that you don't have to live overwhelmed every day of your life by stuff that did happen or stuff that is happening. I'm gonna follow Micah. The good shepherd's got it all. The good shepherd's able to put it all. And I'm going to jump forward and tell you there will be a new Jerusalem and I'm going there. There will be a new Jerusalem. I'm going to be a part of it. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do everything I can while I'm on this earth, but then I'm going to... And I'm trying to help somebody right here this morning. You could dance your way out of what you've been living in. You could dance your way out of the mess you've been, you've been just, you've been bogged down. You've been held down. But the devil is a liar. You don't have to stay there. You can move on, move on, move on. Sister McFarland, we don't have to stay there, do we? We don't have to stay overwhelmed. We don't have to stay overwhelmed. And we definitely don't have to give in to the people that are promoting greed and injustice. Like we're under their thumb. Oh, he's turning political. I am, but I'm talking about a different government. The kingdom of God suffereth violence. What happens? What happens? What happens? But the violent? Not like this.
Oh, pastor, you shouldn't do that. Yes, I should. Yes, I should. I'm reaching for somebody in this room that you have allowed the, the very enemy of hell to suppress you. And I gotta tell somebody who's using people you know to do it. There are people in your life that are doing it. And Micah comes on the scene because, listen, the enemy's work was being done through physical people. The enemy will use physical, flesh, blood. Boy, there's liberty in this room this morning. I, I, he'll put people in your life to keep you overwhelmed. You'll be having a great day and somebody will send you a message you know isn't from God. And all of a sudden, you're second guessing you. I'm talking directly to somebody today. You get a messenger. They don't ever message you. And then if you're not careful, your whole day's ruined. Sent you a letter. They wouldn't walk across the street to fix your flat tire, but you're going to let their words. I don't want to be crass this morning, but I do want to deliver what I feel. It's more important what he's saying about you than what they're saying about you. I feel like I got to tell somebody today, move, move on. They are not the keeper of your emotions and they are not the keeper of your salvation. You got to work this out today. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish you would. I wish there'd be a few people that just get out in the aisle and say, today's moving day. Today's moving day. Today's moving day. I'm going to move on out of this. I'm sick of letting old hurts be my present day companion. I'm tired of letting old hurts be my everyday Devil, get out of my mind. Negative thoughts, get out of my spirit. Come on, somebody, you gotta move on. Brother Brown, if I've ever felt it, I feel it right now. Scary thing for you, if I've ever felt wild, I feel wild right now, right now. I feel like putting the devil in a headlock. How many believe that God can still intervene and work on behalf of some people? There's some people in this room you don't even want to stand because you wouldn't want anybody to think it's you. I'm talking to you right now. God is reaching for you right now. Hell has been after your family. He's been after your marriage. He's been after your kids. We got parents in this room right now. Hell's after your kids and you know it. You don't want anybody else to know it, but you know it. I got news for you. There is a great shepherd. Your children are his flock. And I know there's been prophesied destruction, but I got news for everybody in this room. We get to move on beyond the destruction, beyond the end. Come on. Beyond the agonizing enemy of our minds and our spirit. I wish somebody tell the devil, you gotta get walking. You gotta get out of my family. You gotta get out of my house. You gotta get out, you gotta get out, you gotta get. Let's just worship God for a minute. I can't get past it.
God right now. I admonish you, begin to worship. Let your mouth start saying what your mind hasn't been letting you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take that enemy. Take that liar. Take that supplanter. Take that. Come on, get your dance back in your feet. Get your shout back in your lungs. You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. Your family will be saved. You are the head and not the tail. And that's not cliche, that's Bible. Oh, let's just worship him for a few minutes. Let's. We're victorious. Oh, you love to talk about blessing, but I got bills due and I got sickness. But you've got a name. Say his name. Jesus. I think he walks into the hospital. I think he walks into the living room. I think he walks onto the sick. Our voices in unison all over this place.